Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited about today's show as every one of our guests from this week has provided us with bonus material. This is what we call Follow Your Yes Friday. In the 20 years that I've been doing research and working with partners and, and, and relationships and men and women, one of the things that I've found missing in many partnerships is, well, we tend to forget or maybe we just neglect to follow our intuition or what I call our yes, that gut feeling that tells us, here's what your next step is. Instead, what happens is we we tend to be in our partnerships and we're operating solely from our head. We're analyzing everything. We're disregarding just what our gut's telling. Sometimes we do pay attention. We we recognize that yes, that, that instinct, and we start to follow it. But here's the trick. We tend to not really own it. We don't defend it. We don't we don't set our boundaries with conviction. And this results in us abandoning our yes. We ultimately end up proceeding in our partnerships based on somebody else's yes. They put theirs on the table and we just go, oh yeah, that's good. And we go with theirs. What we're going to look at today, I've asked every one of our guests about their yes. Not just when they followed their yes, but also when they haven't. What happened when they didn't follow their yes? They didn't follow that gut feeling that said, oh, this is what you need to do next, and instead went strictly off their intellect and their analyzer and said, nope, nope, that doesn't pencil. I'm going to keep on this path. We've got information from every single guest that you heard this week that's going to help you understand the power of following your yes. Now, here we go. Relationship expert Lisa Shield joined us and shared a great story of how Sadly, she lost seven years of her life to not following her yes. Well, Lisa, you were so generous on the show and shared such amazing information. I want to ask you for one more favor, and and that is, would would you help us illustrate the importance of following your yes, following your internal guidance when you're in a partnership? And where I'd love to start, if you would share with us a quick story of a time when you did not follow that yes. Maybe... In the moment, you didn't realize you had that yes, but you look back and it was really, really clear. Your gut was telling you exactly what to do and you still didn't do it. Tell us that story. So what comes to mind, Ken, is when I was married, when I was with my ex-husband in the beginning, there we were together, I think at that time, for about five years, maybe four, and I was not happy. And I knew in that moment I talked about Um, having had money problems with him, and I knew that things were really bad. And I flew home to visit my family and told them what was going on. And my brother actually came back with me. He got on a plane and flew back with me to L.A. 
And that's, we stayed in a hotel that night and then we showed up in the morning and he helped me move out from my, he was my then boyfriend. We were living together. And a year later, and I knew had I, my life would probably be very different right now if I had followed my yes. I moved out and I spent an entire year without him. And then here was where I didn't follow my yes. I went back to him. Mm. And I went back to him for another seven years. And the, the same reasons why I broke up with him the first time were the same reasons I left him the second time. But it took me another seven years to get it. Yeah, no, that's such a tremendous example. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, let's flip this around. Take us to a moment in time when you had that clear yes, and not only did you recognize it, but you did follow it. Tell us that story. So that was when I was first, when I decided to start dating. And I was turning, I was about to turn 40, and I realized, you know, I looked around and I really, really wanted a partner. My life was amazing and I loved where I was at. I loved who I was and I felt like these were the best years of my life and I wanted to be sharing them with my guy. And so I, I nobody I knew was online. No, there, I didn't know a soul that had gone on, done online dating. Nobody. And I just said, I'm going to do this. So I was totally green. I was operating in the dark. I had a, my assistant at the time. She took a few photos of me, I think, up against an orange wall or something. <laughs> you know, either I was wearing an orange shirt and I was up, up against a brown wall or I was in a brown shirt against an orange wall. I can't remember. But I was laughing in the picture. I didn't even have a full-length photo. I wrote the funniest profile that was really irreverent and silly, but I did it. And I think I had mentioned I went on almost 100 first dates and met the love of my life. And if I had not honored that yes that just said, Lisa, you have to do this and put myself out there, and walked through all my fears, I would not be talking to you today right now because, yeah. you know, but that was a yes that was so crystal clear and I am so, so, you know, and I didn't like the, like I, I did, there was a part of me that felt like, why does this seem to come so easy for other people and so hard for me? Now I realize it's hard for a lot of people, <laughs> you know, but I mean, if you go on my dating group, my Facebook you know, dating without drama, and you go on my Facebook dating group, you'll see that this is hard for a lot of people. But I didn't know that at the time. I felt stigmatized because I wasn't meeting someone and I was having trouble finding a relationship. So the fact that I just got off my butt and got out there and did it was amazing. Yeah, no, that that's such a great example because, like you said, nobody was doing this it wasn't like oh this is the normal thing it fits the the mold of what the next step is and it's very easy for us to let all those ideas of oh this isn't what everybody does and it doesn't fit in and it's too odd to to steal our yes yeah and then so, we don't do those things when it's like but i knew i needed to do this so your yes may be very different than what the norm is doing but there's yeah. a reason it's there because you're different you're not 
like everybody else. That's what needs to come forward. And part of it is operating from your truth, which is your yes. Yeah. And I mean, I did everything alone. I went to singles parties by myself. I went to speed date. You know, I really, I figured nobody can do this for me. Nobody has the answers. Nobody knows me and what, you know, like I coached a client today and she is awesome and she tried she's very wealthy very successful and she tried to hire a matchmaker and you know that bombed and she's done all kinds of stuff so that she didn't have to get out and do it and she's finally out there dating and putting herself out there and she said to me today lisa nobody knows me nobody can pick a guy for me <laughs> she's yeah. like i just have to do it and you know so yeah you just my yes was my yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. That was great. Sure. My pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Mirabai Star, share with us an amazing story of how important it is to fight for your yes. Mirabai, it was so great having you on the show earlier, and I, I, I really appreciate it if you would help us illustrate one more thing, and that is how important it is to follow your yes, follow that internal guidance. And the way I'd like to do this, if you don't mind, is I would love for you to start by sharing with us a time when you did not follow your yes. Maybe mm -hmm. in that moment, you didn't really realize you had one, but then you look back and you're like, geez, that was so clear. My gut was telling me exactly what to do and I didn't do it. Mm. Tell us about that time. Well, you know, after having been basically imprisoned in a long relationship with um, someone much older than myself where there was a real uh, imbalance of power and it was just wrong <laughs> uh, from age 15 to 31. When I broke free of that at last, I began to experiment, as I told before, with um, different kinds of, of relationships with different people. And there was one person in particular who I was very attracted to because he was very beautiful to look at, and he was very edgy and um, unconventional and defied the norms of, of society. And after having having been f feeling so constrained for so long, I, I found that very, very alluring. And so, the, but the only catch was, although he was very happy to have me as a lover, he also had six or eight other lovers. Oh, I don't know, maybe two or three or four at any one time, including his ex-wife, the mother of his children, who he would, you know, be with from time to time. And I really tried to fit myself in to this um, situation because I wanted to just be free and be light and and like who it's okay with me if I'm not the only one, or I can have sex casually. I mean, it wasn't casual in the sense that there was a, there was a strong uh, connection. We talked about philosophy and politics and art and beauty, and it was meaningful, but, but I was not the only one. And my everything in me was saying, ouch, this hurts, it doesn't feel right. Um, but I wasn't listening because I had this notion that I needed to be more open-minded and, and treat intimacy more casually and I couldn't do it I couldn't do it and I ended it and this person became in, in fact a dear friend and a kind of brother to me and a, and a great champion uh, for me when I needed support uh, and he's continued to be a friend in my life but but I it 
I just couldn't listen to that internal voice that was screaming, no, you don't need to do it this way. But when I finally did, it was such a relief. Nice. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I think one of the things that really stood out to me as you, you talked there was that, you know, that that scenario, that environment wasn't right for you. And you had that guidance and you acted on it eventually. But more than that was that didn't mean that it like made somebody wrong. Yeah. yeah. And you're still friends and you support each other. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But you did it by honoring what worked for both of you. Mm -hmm. Instead of one person's right and the other person has to conform. That's such a great insight, Ken. And also, it wasn't a moral issue. It wasn't like, you know, polyamory is immoral and wrong. And my, you know, my intuition is telling me this. I'm not listening. It was just wrong for me. I couldn't, um, I couldn't be casual with my body and my heart. Yeah. And it didn't need to be. It wasn't required. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's a, that's a great example. So let's turn this around. What would be an example of a time in your life when you had a clear yes, and not only did you recognize it, but you followed it? Mm. Well, interestingly, you know, I've, I've described my my now husband, Jeff, as having been just very present and very available. But there was a time about a few months into our relationship, we were both single parents. He had three daughters and I had two daughters, and we were trying to navigate how to bring our families together. We were not living together yet um, and sort of how to do this. And um, so there was this period where he backed off and I didn't understand why. But what he was doing is he was trying to come to grips with with not feeling like he had enough um to give to his children and here he was bringing in this woman with her two children and he just felt like there wasn't enough of him to go around. He also travels a lot for work. So he he was already dealing with the guilt of leaving his kids so much. So he just kind of withdrew um, and backed off and was very inept in explaining to me what was going on for him internally. And so I just let him go even though it kind of broke my heart. And I spoke to a therapist who said, Mirabai, this man is the best thing that's ever happened to you. Don't let it go. You fight for him. And I was like, really? You know, I was trying to maintain my dignity and, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to bother him. And he said, no, you do whatever it takes. You you go after him and you let him know how you feel. And you do not let this go unless, you know, that becomes clear that that's what you both want. You fight for it. And, and that just went against whatever I thought in my head was the appropriate behavior <laughs> for, uh, for a woman like me. And so I, but I listened. And I, I actually drove up from New Mexico to Wyoming where he was working. <laughs> and I tracked him down and I said, I'm not letting this go. I'm going to fight for this because this, this means a lot to me. You mean a lot to me. And he was so touched by that, so moved by that. Um, it just broke open everything. And nobody had ever fought for him before, you know. So that was a, that was the exact right move. 
Yeah, no, I, I love that story. And, you know, it's it's interesting because as you were describing, you know, what was going on and that he kind of pulled back. One of the things that, that is kind of a common thing in our culture is the idea of men going into the cave. Yeah. And what I like to remind women is what you have to understand is it's a cave. It's not a tunnel. If we wanted a back door, there'd be one. We mm. built a cave because we need to go do what we need to do so we can get ourselves in the good shape we need to be to be with you. Mm. We right. can't come. There's nowhere else to come out but back out the front door. There's only one door. <laughs> so you don't need to chase us into the tunnel. However, you can still fight for that person. Yeah. Right. There was a way that, that I found to let him know that I was there and that I believed in in us that didn't um, make him have to do anything. I wasn't making any demands on him. I was stating my my willingness, my commitment to this beautiful thing that we had been building together and that I wasn't going to give up. Exactly. And he needed to know I wasn't going to give up, as it turned out. Yeah. But I love that, yeah. And, and, you know, I certainly... Um, have learned, well, I knew really from the beginning how to let him be in his cave, and I honor his cave. It's a beautiful space. It's never, I've never been tempted to go fetch him from his, from his cave space. Nice. Well, this... We have a lot of uh, room in our relationship because we both travel a lot for work, so mm -hmm. we're apart a lot. So we have a lot of solitude, and so when we're together, it's really delicious. Nice. That's fantastic. I recommend that to anyone who can who can figure out a way to to be in a relationship where you have lots of time apart. It's so healthy. In our, in our case, it is. You know, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because it, I, there's a lot of value to that because it's so easy to be like all your times together. Yeah. Uh, I, I was in a relationship recently where we both worked from home. So mm. we literally would like, you know, Oh, you go from the bedroom to the office and you worked in the same office and then you go have lunch in the same spot. <laughs> yeah. There was no space. Mm. And, you know, it's like, oh, won't that be great? We'll get to spend all this time together. It's like, but everybody needs some room. Yeah. Yeah. It it stimulates um, longing, yearning, which mm -hmm. is a beautiful thing as we established in the beginning. Yeah. There's, there's a value to missing someone. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for these stories. They've been wonderful. You're welcome, Ken. Thank you to all my guests for sharing their stories of the benefits of following their yes. And for you listening, I invite you to take what you just heard about the importance of following your yes and apply it to what you heard this week on the show. Chances are there was something that clicked for you when you were listening to our interviews this week. What I invite you to do is to implement it. It doesn't matter if it's changing a behavior or a belief you've been operating from, Maybe it's looking into one of the resources or books that our guests recommended. Whatever your yes was from the material you heard from our guests this week, take it and act on it. And if you missed any of the interviews this week, simply go to speakingofpartnership.com and enter the guest's name in the search bar. It'll take you directly to the recording of their interview. You can view their show notes and find all the links to the resources they mentioned. Follow Your Yes Friday is all about you taking the next two days and applying something that you learned on the show this week. Follow up on something that caught your attention, where you thought, man, this is good. This, 
This could really make a difference in my life. Whatever that yes was, this is your compass telling you this is your best path. So follow it. From all of us here at Speaking of Partnership, we invite you to take your yes and take action on it today. Peace. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.